We are live. This is the Wrap It Up On Blast Raps Post Game Show. My name is Sheldon Alexander. Shout out to the people joining in on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. And on Twitter, obviously on the live feed at Shell Alexander. Join in. Send us your questions. After a very tough loss, Raptors lose at the buzzer. 106-104 to Dwayne Casey and the Detroit Pistons. A really, really weird game. A weird game. Raps came out gunning. Raps were up early. Raps were up, I mean, even into the third quarter. They had that lead all the way up to 19. And somehow, they blew that lead in the fourth quarter. Still had a chance to win it. Still had multiple chances. A lot of tough plays down the stretch. But... Wow, what a game. Overall, though, Raptors lose two in a row. Obviously, for the first time this season, your Raptors lose two in a row. 106-104, again, to Dwayne Casey and the Detroit Pistons. Got to give love to Dwayne Casey here. I don't know where people fall on this, so I I, want to hear from you guys what you guys think. But to me, I mean, there's part of me, I tweeted out just before that game ended, Part of me hopes Casey draws up a game winner here because, I mean, at the end, at the end of the day, right? Yes, the Raptors blow this game. Yes, it's a pathetic loss. But I'm there's part of me that's happy for Dwayne Casey seeing this win because he did kind of get a, a, a weird deal here, let's say, at the end of his time in Toronto. And at the end of the day, the Raptors have bigger fish to fry, right? Like, this is game 15 of the year. Raptors have, you know... Big-time playoff aspirations. The Pistons will be battling to try to make the playoffs. So overall, grand scheme, big picture, I'm okay with this loss in the sense that I'm happy for Dwayne Casey. But as a from the Raptors' standpoint, wow. That is a collapse of epic proportions. You were up 19 points in the fourth quarter at one point, and that lead just kept dwindling and dwindling and dwindling, And I'll be honest, watching it, I didn't think there was any point where the Raptors were really in trouble. I wasn't really that worried. I thought they'd get enough stops. They'd get their shots to fall at the end. Kyle and Kawhi would take over. And you know what? They, They had a chance for that to happen. It just didn't go down the way they needed to at the very end. A couple tough possessions at the end. Kawhi Leonard dribbling the ball off his foot. Kawhi Leonard missing a key free throw when they got that huge uh, that huge play, what's it called? The uh, loose ball foul when uh, Raptors ended up getting two shots in the ball. Clear path foul, that's what it is. Tough break for the Raps down the stretch, but again, shout out to the people in Instagram and on Twitter. Send me your questions and thoughts after a very tough loss by the Toronto Raptors. Um, I see a couple of the regulars already filing in. As says, it's all good. 79 and three still on the table. <laughs> That's what I mean. I mean, back to back losses, it, it's tough, right? You don't want to see that at all if you're the Toronto Raptors. This is bad, but you got to almost take a step back and look at perspective here, right? We know that Kawhi Leonard is still working his way back. He showed flashes in this game. He started off great. He was red hot. He was red hot to start the game, right? Came out gunning. The first quarter, him and Kyle Lowry were just unstoppable. They both started the game. They started the game seven of eight. 
they were off to a really good start. They were efficient. Kawhi had energy. Everything was going to the basket. It was just a really great start for the Raptors. And they were out to an early lead. Uh, to quote the, the words of a former famous voice in this city, the salami and cheese was probably getting ready. People probably thought this game was over. I thought this game was over. I wouldn't be surprised if some of the Raptors thought this game was over, right? But it didn't go that way. What happened? That's a question I'm going to throw out to to Raptors fans here. And I'm also going to ask the question, is part of you happy for Dwayne Casey? What did you make of this whole thing of just how it all played out? Dwayne Casey clearly was extremely happy after that win. I don't know if I've seen him celebrate a win like that. And you're talking about there were playoff wins for the Raps, <laughs> right, in his run in Toronto. I don't know if I've seen him celebrate a win like he celebrated that win just now. So... Overall, Raptors fans, I want to know what you think. I'm going to go to a comment here on Instagram. This says, man, back-to-back -back losses. Our raps were pretty bad, but let's not forget we didn't have Green, Ibaka, and Norm. I mean, that's a very valid point, of course. To start this game, JV started. He was in the lineup. We found out that was also a huge blow because Serge is out with a uh, sore right knee. But at the end of the day, Greg Monroe stepped in, and he played really well. I don't know if you can really fault, you know, and, and say it was a tough loss because Serge wasn't there. Maybe Serge is probably the one that's in the game late for those final few possessions as the big guy instead of JV. If we go back, right, and you go over that final play, there's a couple mistakes there, right? Your high school coach will teach you that if you're guarding the inbounder like Kyle Lowry was, you can't let the ball be inbounded underneath the basket. You can't do that. That's your first responsibility. Don't let the ball get passed underneath the basket because obviously that's the easiest shot, especially when there's, what, less than two seconds left in the game. You've got to stop the ball from getting in underneath the basket. That's the first thing. Two, I'm going to guess that JV's responsibility was to switch anything underneath the basket, and he was just a, a step slow on that last play, right? And you could look at that and say, hey, maybe if that's Surge, Surge obviously is a better shot blocker, Maybe Serge gets that out of the way. But it's weird because if you think about it, the Raps really got beat on back-to-back last-second plays drawn up by Casey. Because the first one, Pascal Siakam comes out of nowhere and just makes a monster block, right? Pascal, I don't even know how he recovered. That's just raw athleticism. But the Raptors got beat on that play, which if we're really paying attention, Raptors fans... That's a play we've seen Dwayne Casey run while he was coaching the Raptors. No? I feel like I've seen that play where the back screen happens and you're, you're throwing an alley-oop at the rim. Either way, they got bailed out by a huge block by Siakam first, and they just didn't get as lucky on the final play, and that basket went in. Bad loss for the Raptors there. I don't know if, you know, you can look at that and, and say, hey, maybe Serge makes that block. I don't know. I'll leave that to you guys. But overall, the injuries are kind of starting to pile up. If Serge is out, sore right knee, that's not a good look. Danny Green left this game with, I think it was lower back tightness. That's not good. We know Norm's out for an extended period of time. During the game, I think, uh, or maybe it was before the game, Nick Nurse says that he expects uh, CJ Miles to be out a couple games right? Like it's not a, a short in, a short injury for CJ Miles. So injury starting to pile up, but hey, 
if we're going to sit here all the time and talk about the Raptors' depth and how much of, you know, how much depth that team has, this is a time for that depth to show. We saw a guy like Greg Monroe come in, Greg Monroe step up. Greg Monroe, I mean, he's 8 of 10 from the floor for 17 points and 9 rebounds. That's pretty good, right? If you sub out uh, Surge and put Surge in that box score space where Greg Monroe's name is, we'd be happy with that stat line. If JV was coming off the bench and that's his stat line, we'd be happy with that. So you can't really blame Greg Monroe there. The depth came through there, right? But if you're missing Danny Green, you need someone else to step up, right? And that's got to be OG. OG got those crunch time minutes. And it was funny because a couple podcasts ago, we discussed uh, Nick Nurse. I think he, he, he'd let the cat out of the bag about a conversation he had with OG where OG was asking for, how does he get fourth quarter minutes? Well, here we are, <laughs> right? He got his fourth quarter minutes tonight and he played solid defense. But overall, a tough night for OG. 3 for 12 from the floor, 1 of 6 from the three-point line, 7 points total. But he played solid defense down the stretch, and he had a tough assignment. He was guarding Blake Griffin on some possessions down the stretch, which, I mean, hey, Blake had a night. Blake Griffin, you really got to give Blake Griffin a lot of credit here because Blake Griffin, when things were going terribly for Detroit, which was the majority of this game, Blake Griffin kept them in the game, right? Blake Griffin finished with 30 points on 13 of 22 shooting, 12 rebounds, add in two blocks, add in three steals. Blake Griffin was everywhere. But as I mentioned, I'm just trying to find here the actual stats from the first half, but Blake Griffin really kept this game close early. Blake Griffin was the only reason why this game was sort of close. He had 20, 20 points in the first half on 8 of 11 shooting. And at the time, I was writing, <laughs> I'm looking at this Detroit team, and I was thinking, Blake Griffin need more people, right? You know, I love my Jay-Z line. We don't believe you need more people. I guess in the second half, Blake Griffin found more people, right? That run in the second half, got to give credit to Langston Galloway. He played 31 minutes in this game. Came off the bench, leading scorer off the bench for Detroit, 13 points, but really, like, it was just, we talk about this a lot, but sometimes it's not the point total, it's when you get the points, right? And Langston Galloway gave them really good minutes, he led the charge, led the comeback, Stanley Johnson also gave them good solid minutes off the bench as well, and those guys, along with Ish Smith, really led the push in that third quarter to get them back in the game, and then even to start the fourth quarter, that by the time... It was Blake Griffin to come in and, and try to close. They ran their offense through Blake Griffin down the stretch. And again, tough loss for the Toronto Raptors. So uh, shouts to the people that are joining in. Continue to send your questions and comments in the chat. And what do you guys think? I really want to know what people's opinions are on Dwayne Casey and just kind of like, you know, Dwayne Casey is the most winningest coach in franchise history. Dwayne Casey was part of this program that he always talked about that he and Masai Ujiri really focused on that they were trying to build just to see, you know, where this team could go. And he was a massive part of all that. So to see him come back and get a win like that, I mean, in any other circumstance, 
I'd probably be like super cheesed right now, super just crushing the Raptors for this loss, which don't get me wrong, they do deserve to be crushed. But there is part of me that is happy for Coach Casey here because, and, and I'm going to admit my bias here because, you know, I had some time covering the Raptors. I've dealt with Coach Casey in the past and there's not a nicer guy that you'll meet in the industry in terms of a coach, in terms of just someone that you have to deal with as a media member. So I bet if you got a lot of media people to be honest in this situation, a lot of them will probably tell you that they are happy for Coach Casey and getting this win. And again, Raptors fans, I urge you, take a step back, gain some perspective, realize that, hey, when you look at this, the Raptors are now 12-3, and three, right? Like, the sky isn't falling. The Pistons are 7-6. and six. They needed this win, right? The sky isn't falling, Raptors fans. It's okay. It's still early. Your dreams are still, you know, about what's going to happen in April and May, right? So, it's all right. You've lost back-to-back games. It's not good. Get to regroup for a big-time matchup on Friday night in Boston. That's really the one that people will be looking forward to, right? It's a big game. It's a big boy game. That's the one where, you know, if you lose that game and now you're talking about a three-game losing streak, that's not, not a good look. Then, you know, I'm not saying you're worried, but you might start to be like, hmm, is there something here? But as of now, that's a bad loss. Again, bad loss. But you can point to certain things and realize, okay, well, I looked at that lineup that they had on the court to close out this game. And it was Kyle Lowry, OG, Kawhi Leonard, Pascal, and JV. That lineup has not played that much. I mean, I'd, I'd have to go check with, uh, you know, someone like Josh Lewenberg, who's up on these things you know, to find out the the facts on this. But I'd love to know how many total minutes the five that the Raptors close the game with, again, Kyle, OG, Kawhi, Pascal, and JV, I'd love to know how many minutes those guys have played together this season so far. Then add in, again, Kawhi is still working his way back. I mean, say what you want, and maybe I'm sounding like I'm making excuses for the Raptors right now. And maybe I am, but I do think that in reality, we got to give Kawhi Leonard some time to get back because you're talking about a guy who still looks all right, still looks solid, played all right, 10 of 18, 26 points, nine rebounds, four assists, three steals. Kawhi was all over the place. He also had six turnovers though. And a couple of those turnovers down the stretch, especially the one late where he dribbles it off his foot. Those are the things where, you know, it's going to take a while. This game was a, was like, you need some of these close games, though, to really, I think that'll be the final hump for, you know, when we see Kawhi Leonard get to full speed. That's the final hump, I think, right? Playing in these close games, these tight games. This Raptors team also needed this in terms of, okay, so you had a good run to start the season. You're running teams out of the gym. Shots were falling everywhere. Threes were flying like crazy. But now things are tightening up a little bit, right? Now it's time to, teams are adjusting to what you do. They're adjusting to your players. Now you got to see what you're actually able to accomplish in the sense of what can you do now when teams know the scouting reports there. Going to give a lot of credit to Pascal. He had another strong game. His shooting percentage this season has to be just something ridiculous, right? Tonight he goes for eight 
8 of 12, 17 points, 7 rebounds. Solid game for Pascal Siakam. He had a solid battle with Blake Griffin. You know, that was a good matchup that we got to see. And it's one of those things where I thought after he wins, after Pascal wins player of the week, right? You know the scouting report's out. Like, Pascal Siakam is on the scouting report after you win player of the week. So you could tell that by the way that Blake Griffin came out. Blake Griffin had been struggling coming into this game. But you could see right from the get-go, Blake Griffin was trying to go at Pascal Siakam. And the kid's got to be ready for that. He, he answered the challenge. He still played well. I'm not saying that. But he can expect that more and more on a nightly basis as teams will be ready for him. And the Raptors got to adjust. They got to be able to adjust. Uh, going back to the chat here on Instagram, uh, Kawhi was good, but against the Celtics, he has to be more clutch in the end. We need that W. We need that. The W will mean a lot to the team. I agree. Celtics game is, you know, these games are tough. You're playing the Pelicans. You're playing the Pistons. Those are like the, the middle-of-the-road teams, right, where... They could win. They look really great on some nights. They look really bad on others. That's like the NBA middle, right? If that makes sense. But then you have your big boy games. The Celtics is a big boy game. That's where you really want to see. You know both teams will be up. Also, too, another thing for Raptors fans, as I mentioned it on the uh, prior podcast, when you go to Boston, when you watch this game on Friday in Boston, that crowd is going to be fired up. I don't know what's happened to the Raptors crowd this season, and I know the past couple games there might not have been a lot to cheer about, quote-unquote, but the Raptors fan base is known to be loud. The Raptors, like that game, it was the fourth quarter, and your team needs you at that point, and it seemed really quiet in the arena at certain points. That's got to change. We've got to get back to having a, a home court advantage and that rabid fan base. More of the Raptors fan base, less of the Leafs suit and tie fan base, if you know what I'm saying. I know the Leafs fan base is legit. I'm not saying that. I'm saying the people that are sitting in their seats watching the game on Sushi Row or whatever they call it. Gucci Row, is that what it is? You know what I'm saying. Let's go back to the chat here. Um, see more comments here. And it's almost poetic that Kawhi mistake off the foot at the end led to a win for Casey. Redemption. That's from, oh, that's Margo. What's up, Margo? I agree with that. Again, there's a lot of things while watching this game. I thought, I felt bad for Casey because I'm watching the Pistons not named Blake Griffin for the majority of the game, just brick shots. Reggie Bullock missed so many shots. Seemed like he was wide open the whole game and couldn't hit a shot. So it's almost fitting that he hits that shot at the end. He only had five points in this game. But again, when you look at things, and you think, Dwayne Casey's a defensive guy. All Dwayne Casey ever wanted from DeMar DeRozan was to give it at both ends of the floor. And you're telling me Dwayne Casey, who's taken this team preaching defense, is fired, and then they bring in Kawhi Leonard. If there was a player made to play for Dwayne Casey, it was probably Kawhi Leonard. And so it was, it was interesting to me watching that game because I'm thinking, man, I know Dwayne Casey wishes he was still the coach of the Raptors so he could coach this Raptors team with the star player being Kawhi Leonard and being out being able to throw out the defensive lineups that these Raptors are able to put out there but yeah to go back to the comment it's true 
it is pretty fitting that, you know, this new age Raptors team, you know, this remixed Raptors team this year, the way that the game ends against their former coach, Kawhi dribbles it off his foot. Dwayne Casey draws up not one, but two game winning plays. I think that part's really important because he drew up two game winning plays. Pascal Siakam just made a crazy ass block. So that's just amazing. Great game. Again, I feel I feel happy for Dwayne Casey. I'm not maybe I'm I'm like romanticizing this a little too much, but it's a tough loss for the Raptors, but I'm happy for Dwayne Casey. Uh, I see someone else another comment that says I'm sick. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. When you blow a 19-point lead and lose in the fourth quarter, I could see that. Uh Another comment here in the chat says, there's a lesson in all these losses. I agree with that. If you go back to the Pelicans game, I think it was super interesting because you finally played a different style team, right? The Pelicans have more of a quote-unquote traditional lineup. They have two big guys playing down low, a lot of bully ball, and you see almost the same thing with this Pistons team tonight, right? Where you have Blake Griffin, And of course, Andre Drummond, clogging up the middle, grabbing rebounds. There's a lot of bully ball in there. There's a lot of offensive rebounds in there. It was a different style from what the majority of the NBA is, right? You really get to see some matchups just play out differently, especially with this Raptors team now where they're mostly going to play just one traditional big. And then you have Pascal who, okay, cool, does everything. But you see some minutes where OG's playing the four, right? So these two losses, it was interesting kind of to see the style of play that both the other teams had against the Toronto Raptors. So I agree with that comment from the uh, chat group here. There are lessons to take in these losses. Uh, Another person here says, definitely the Raps fan base is super quiet. I don't know. I thought I thought I brought it up on a prior podcast. I think it was after Saturday's game against the Knicks. And I thought, oh, maybe it's just, you know, the three o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday afternoon. Maybe there's not that many people there. I don't know. But then Nick Nurse in his pregame, or maybe it was practice sound yesterday, he made a point of talking about Dwayne Casey's return. And he was saying that, you know, maybe that'll add a little extra juice for the crowd because it's been kind of quiet. So Nick Nurse kind of backing up my point here. I don't know what's happened to the Raptors fan base, but... We got to figure this out. We the North, right? That's supposed to be a thing. Raptors fans, let me know. Maybe uh, some people who were at the game can let me know, right? Um, here's another comment. If Kawhi got here earlier, maybe Casey doesn't get fired. It's an interesting point. I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like just the way that last season ended the crushing way that last season ended, we forget, but, you know, I think there were people that wanted blood. And I don't even just mean Raptors fans. I could see Masai. I could see the front office. Like, someone had to take the fall for looking that bad against the Cavs three years in a row. And so the rush to make these changes, getting rid of Casey... I could see that. I could see how that became a thing where we need to do something quickly because someone needed to answer for what happened. The Kawhi Leonard thing and the DeMar thing, 
that's another story. Who knows how long that would have taken? Who knows how long that would have went? But I don't know. It's a tough call for sure. But again, I do feel bad for Dwayne Casey that he was unable to, I mean, get to coach Kawhi Leonard. Because I just think that would have been so crazy. Um, I'm going to head to Twitter here to see if we can get some comments here. Uh, shouts to Josh Lewenberg here, who is one of the great guys that uh, really that follows. He's on the Raptors beat, covers the Raptors. Um, he says, Casey on his team. They're pulling for me, and I appreciate that tremendously. It's a player's league. It's about the players. It's not about coaching, but it's also about human beings, and those human beings felt for me. That's pretty cool. And, you know, Dwayne Casey, he's always trying to, you know, be the selfless guy, right? Like, he's going to put all the praise onto his players a lot, but we saw, like, his emotions right after that win. You see it there, right? I've never seen Dwayne Casey celebrate like that. And it was actually good to see because you know deep down he wanted that, right? You go back to his speech for the NBA awards, right? When he got coach of the year. You could tell there's a bit of shade there, right? That he's throwing back at the Raptors. His comments this morning at practice. Again, there's a little bit of shade there thrown at the Raptors. And trust me, I don't blame Dwayne Casey for being a little bit salty about how things went down, right? I agree with him. I think we forget now because so much has happened. But if you remember that press conference in which Dwayne Casey, Dwayne Casey had a press conference right after the season ended. And I think it was maybe a day or two before he was let go by Masai Ujiri. And Dwayne Casey was asked about if there would be a coaching change. And he said, I mean, we're right there. You're going to just bring in someone else to say the exact same things? I'm paraphrasing, but that was the point of what he said, right? And he's not wrong. If you watch what happened to the Raptors in the playoffs, were there coaching mistakes? Yes. But at the end of the day, if your star players aren't your star players in the playoffs, you're going to lose, especially to LeBron James. So I understand why Dwayne Casey would be salty, and I also understand why he'd be salty about firing him and just hiring his assistant coach again so much has happened over the past two years that we forget about all these things but our last podcast when i was talking with mikey i brought up the fact that if you go back to last season there were a bunch of articles one that was in the new york times a couple that were in e that were on espn i think windhorse did one i think zach lowe did one and it was all about how these Raptors are different because they have a new offense. And all of those articles had a central theme of bigging up Nick Nurse. If I'm Dwayne Casey, I'm looking back at this and I'm thinking, in hindsight, I'm looking back and I'm thinking, oh, this is kind of weird. There's all these articles about our brand new offense and about our assistant coach that has this new offense with all these details about him working out with the Young Bucks. And then magically I'm let go. And my assistant's there to take my job? Again, I'm not saying anything is that sinister. I'm just saying I can understand and see a scenario where Dwayne Casey would be super salty about how this all went down. Because you got to remember, Dwayne Casey was waiting on an extension. He wanted an extension. And the Raptors weren't going to give him one, especially once you crap out against the Cavs again, right? The sticking point was probably, what are you going to do in the playoffs? So especially once you lose to the Cavs 
and you lose to the Cavs like that, there's no extension, right? We can understand that. But I'm going to ask, when did this plan of having Nick Nurse as a potential fill-in come up? I don't know. There's only a few people that can answer that question, right? And clearly, I mean, we saw Nick Nurse, how awkward his scrum was when they were asking him if he and Casey had, had spoken ever since Casey was let go. And it looked like all signs were pointing to no. <laughs> they hadn't spoken, right? So I'm saying all this to, to just say I understand how Dwayne Casey would be salty in this situation, and I'm not mad at him for it. And you could see how happy he was with that win. Cool. Again, if you're the Raptors, you got bigger fish to fry. So losing a game in November to the Pistons, you're not even going to remember that you lost this game in two weeks. Not a big deal at all. Means a lot more to Coach Casey than it will. Means a lot more to Coach Casey now and in the long run than it will mean to the Raptors in the long run. That's all I'm saying. Uh, more Casey post here from Mr. Lewenberg. Quote, I was trying to deflect it as much as I could, but Blake was the first one to say, this is a great win for you, coach. And that means something when your star player comes to you and tells you that and other players join in. You know, that's cool. When your other players got a little extra juice for the coach, that's amazing, right? That's what you want. More Casey, quote, you get criticized for a lot of things. People have their own perception. The perception of me is he's a communicator. He's a hard worker. He's a grinder. People say he can't do this. He can't make decisions. He can't do that. I just smile at it. Again, I'm, I'm admitting my bias. I'm admitting my bias. Dwayne Casey is a great guy, and I want to see him succeed. Did I always agree with what happened when he was the coach of the Raptors? No, of course not, right? There are a lot of play calls you could question. How did LeBron get the ball and go full court to hit a, to hit a game-winning shot? That's not a good look. So I, I get it, right? I get it. Um, someone applauding my next-level investigative work. And I don't mean that. I'm not throwing some, like, young and the restless, like, Victor Newman-type conspiracy theories out there. I'm just saying, if we look at it in hindsight, it's very weird that last year there was at least three articles that I can remember basically talking about how great of a new offense the Raptors had and why it was because of Nick Nurse. Now, if you fast forward to when Nick Nurse is about to be hired, what's the dialogue? Now, all these people, jerks like me, have something to point to and be like, oh, Nick Nurse is a great coach. He brought in the new offense. Look how great the offense looks, right? Do I know that this was all a plan? No, I don't know that. But just reading between the lines, people. Giving you the information and letting you come to your own conclusions. But again, just to recap, Toronto Raptors fall. Emotional light night for Dwayne Casey. Raptors lose to Dwayne Casey's Pistons, 106-104. Blake Griffin, the high man, with 30 points on 13 of 22 shooting. Raptors led by as much as 19, I'm pretty sure, was the high that the Raptors led in this game. I'm sure someone in the chat or in the comments somewhere will let me know where I'm wrong. But Pistons, as part of a 23-9 run by Detroit, came all the way back. They led down the stretch. Raptors had six turnovers in the fourth quarter. They're still down three. Kawhi hit a tough lefty lay-in. I was thinking everything was good. Raps are going to win this game. 
Even saw some great adjustments by Nick Nurse late. He put Kawhi on Reggie Jackson, who kind of got a little hot to bring them back. He had OG on break on Blake Griffin. Good adjustments there by Nick Nurse. And again, as much as we're seeing Kawhi Leonard work his way back, and I'm saying it's it's important for this Raptors game to play to play close games, it's also important for Nick Nurse. Nick Nurse is a first-year coach in the NBA, right? So him coaching in these tight games, these closeout game situations, what adjustments are you going to make? What play calls are you going to make? I point you again to the very end of that game. There was a timeout. I think it was right before Kawhi hit that tough floater in the lane. But one of those timeouts late, Kyle Lowry looked like he was very vocal in that timeout. And he was kind of drawing up the play on the chalkboard there, right? So this is a, an adjustment for Nick Nurse as well. So just as much as we're watching Kawhi work his way back and get used to close games and not even getting used to close games, but getting used to close games as being the man where you're the star and basically they're going to run sets, but it's still going to come down to can you make a play Kawhi, right? He's got to get used to that. Nick Nurse also has to get used to that, right? Now he's drawing up plays for Kawhi. Where does Kawhi like the ball? You know, what direction he wants to be going at? What's the action on the, the other side? Who are your closing five? There's just a lot of things that as a coach, you got to get used to and you got to figure out. And playing in these close games, we're going to see Nick Nurse do that. Dealing with the adversity of injuries and your rotation. And he's had to juggle his rotation for the, I mean, his plan to begin with was to juggle the rotation, right? And go back and forth between starting surge or starting JV. He already had to juggle that. But now you add in injuries because, I mean, who's been healthy for the entire season, right? There's been a bunch of injuries. We've seen Fred miss time, DeLon's miss time, OG's miss time. Now, Serge is out. CJ's out. Norm's out an extended period of time. Kawhi's obviously been resting on back-to-backs. I mean, that's a lot for a new coach to handle while you're trying to, you know get your star player acclimated to a new team and back up to speed after only playing nine games last year. Again, correct me if I'm wrong, people. Let me know in the chat group. Am I making excuses for the Raptors? Is the fan base really upset over this loss? Or are you happy to see Dwayne Casey succeed? Um, I go back to the chat here and someone says, damn Casey throwing so much shade. <laughs> Uh, to be honest, I'm going to let him throw the shade, man. I'm going to let him throw the shade. Because here, here's the thing, right? I guess I say this on more so on our challenge podcast we do because there's a lot of arguments over like just stupid reality TV stuff. But I think the same thing applies because it's more about the real world, right? And I think, I think we forget sometimes that more than one thing is allowed to exist in this world, right? What I mean by that is Nick Nurse can take a job as being the assistant coach under Dwayne Casey and, you know, he's waiting in the wings and obviously every assistant coach's dream is to be a head coach. There's only 30 of those jobs available. So, cool. Happy for you, Nick Nurse. Do your thing. You worked hard. You grinded all the way to get there. Maybe last year, we don't even know, but maybe he was trying to tell Casey some of these things and they didn't get implemented last year. We'll never know. But that's allowed to exist. Bravo, Nick Nurse. You got to be a new coach. 
but in the same universe, we're allowed to feel shitty for Dwayne Casey. We're allowed to feel bad for Dwayne Casey for how that went down and how how his exit went in Toronto. We're allowed to feel bad for that. Those two things are allowed to exist. And so as I watch that game, again, I tweeted out, there's part of me that hopes Dwayne Casey draws up a, a game-winning play here because this, you know, it's a small bit of redemption for a coach that had a tough ending, you know? And at least I'll say this much. When DeMar, when you also traded DeMar DeRozan, at least it made it a little bit better because when you just fired Dwayne Casey, it looked like you're just blaming Casey for the failures. And that was definitely unfair, right? So in the end of, at the end of the day, they needed to make a major switch. And the major switch was new coach and new star player. I understand that. I get that. I'm okay with that. But there's still part of me that wants Dwayne Casey to succeed. I'm happy he got a new job. I hope the Pistons do a bit better because I don't think they're that good. But for one night, I'm happy for Coach Casey, even if it's at the expense of the Raptors. Um, someone else here agrees with me here in the chat saying, life is not black and white. I get you. Great point, right? Shades of gray. I'm sure deep down, again, Raptors have bigger fish to fry. If you ask Kyle Lowry or you ask Masai, they might be mad in the moment right now, but you got bigger fish to fry, right? You're worried about hopefully Kawhi Leonard's okay and, you know, when you're talking a playoff game and you're in that situation where there's 10 seconds left and you need a bucket and you give Kawhi the ball, you're hoping that in the playoffs he doesn't dribble the ball off his foot. But for now, he's just getting back into shape. Uh, let's see here. Going back to the chat. Raps fans so loud about this loss, but quiet during the games. I agree. I don't know what happened to the ACC. Is it just as simple? And I know I just called it the ACC. I can't. Scotiabank Arena. I don't know how long that's going to take for me to, to like off the dome, refer to it as Scotiabank Arena. But for now, I'm still calling it the ACC because that's what's stuck in my head. But is it as simple as the prices keep going up and the real fans are getting priced out? I don't know. Is that the thing? Seems like the easy answer, but maybe it's more complicated than that. Not sure. Anyways, again, I urge Raptors fans to tune into that game on Friday and watch what a Celtics crowd is like because that place is going to be rocking for a big game like that. The Celtics, who have been struggling as of late, but they got a huge win tonight. As I look at that box score, 111-82, they beat the Bulls. So they'll be waiting for the Raptors on Friday at home. Hopefully the Raptors show up and they, they get a good win. Because a win in Boston, if the Raptors win in Boston on Friday, you won't even care that you just lost this game to the Pistons. Won't even remember it. But for now, shouts to Dwayne Casey. Congrats to Coach Casey. Take, you know, good good solace in the fact that you got a little bit of revenge here against your former team. Uh, I'm going to go and, and read a little bit more here, some quotes, just because I think this is a big game, right? So I want to hear from, I want to know what people are saying after this game. Uh, Lowry was very critical of the team's defensive communication on the final play. Quote, just talking, man. Communication. Open your mouth. We've got to speak. We've got to talk. You got to say something. Can't play if you can't say nothing. 
yeah, if you go back to that final play, Lowry, I think, slams a ball on the ground. He He's uh, a little bit upset at the end of that game. But again, I also think that Mr. Lowry, as the person guarding the inbounder, you can't let the ball get inbounded under the basket. I'm not a coach, but I believe that every high school coach teaches you that when you pick up a basketball. Uh, Kawhi Leonard says, quote, We've got to work towards something. We can't just try to win tonight or the next game. It's about building a chemistry, a con- continuity going forward. We just have to we just have to have our mindset on where we're trying to be. Again, so right as I said, Raptors are building on something bigger, right? It's not about tonight or tomorrow night because it's so easy to say if Kawhi doesn't dribble that ball off his foot, how different are things, right? Like are you really that happy with the win if Kawhi hits that game-winning bucket? It's still terrible that you blew a 19-point lead. Like, that's a massive problem that can't happen. More Kyle Lowry on Coach Casey. Again, shout out these quotes I'm reading off Twitter from Josh Lewenberg. Uh, Lowry on Casey, quote, He's still my guy. At the end of the day, he's still my guy. He's still the guy that ha- helped me get to where I am. It's a good win for him. I'm sure he's happy, but we're not happy. I'm not happy for him. We should have won the game, close quote. You know I'm here for, if you listen to this podcast, you know I'm here for Salty Kyle Lowry, so I'm here for all that. Um, Again, Raptors lose, 106-104. I don't know how I've been talking for this long. Apologies for the people who have been used to tuning in to hear me discuss the game with one of my friends, but... Hopefully I'm discussing the game with you, my friends, and trying to include you in the conversation. Uh, Friday, we should be back to normal on the pod. Uh, Not sure who's in as of yet. I have it written down somewhere, but as you know, it's always a surprise. Hopefully I did okay. Let me know how I did. Uh, Let me know what you think. Questions, comments, concerns. I see more uh, comments coming in. Kawhi dribbles off his foot. Casey gets game winner with Calderon. Oh, man. I almost forgot the Calderon aspect of that. I'm going to give Dwayne Casey even more credit on this because it wasn't only the two play calls at the end of the game. He inserted the vet, Jose Calderon, into the game as well to make those two big passes. Again, two back-to-back game-winning plays. Siakam just made a crazy LeBron-type block to, to stop the first game winner from going in. But... Inserting Jose Calderon into the game, a great play call by Dwayne Casey, a great job trusting his vet, and of course, Raptors fans will remember Jose Calderon. So, Raptors all around, thanks for bringing that up in the Instagram feed, because that also is a is a big, big part of this, and uh, yeah, crazy stuff. Crazy stuff by the Toronto Raptors tonight, a crazy game, it was almost like what, two separate games here? You had the first half where it was all Raptors all the time. I was applauding Kyle Lowry and Kawhi Leonard for how red hot they came out after a tough game against uh, the Pelicans. And part of me wonders if the Raptors just thought this was a blowout win and they kind of shifted down geared, you know? Like, almost turned off the switch. And you can't really do that especially not against a Dwayne Casey coach team, right? The Raptors should probably know that after hearing Dwayne Casey yell at them when they were down in games and having Dwayne Casey be kind of the motivator in a bunch of Raptors comebacks as we've seen 
over the years of Dwayne Casey era. So it's fitting that as we've watched it, he would lead his new team into, yes, I was about to say the ACC again, into Scotiabank Arena. And Dwayne Casey leads his team back. Again, a 19-point lead the Raptors blow as game winner at the bat, at the buzzer. Raptors lose 106-104. My name is Sheldon Alexander, host of the Wrap It Up podcast. Uh, normally I'm joined by someone else, but tonight it was just me. Hopefully I did okay for you. Let me know if I suck. I can take it. I'm a big boy. Uh, but what else we got on tap for the week? Uh, Ball on Blast podcast will be out Friday morning. Myself and Andrew Webster. Um, we do that. That podcast is out every Friday morning. That's an NBA-wide conversation. We talk about all the fun things going on in the league, and if you pay attention to the NBA, it's been kind of a hectic week. Jimmy Butler got traded. KD and, and uh, Draymond are beefing. Lots to talk about. So if you enjoy the NBA as a whole, if you enjoy the drama as much as I enjoy the drama, tune in, Ball on Blast podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, SoundCloud, uh, YouTube, wherever you find this podcast, you'll find that podcast. That's out again every Friday morning. And of course, this is the Wrap It Up podcast, which is our On Blast Raps postgame show live on Twitter after each and every Toronto Raptors game. You can catch us here. It's normally myself and a cast of many talking Raptors, taking your questions, taking your thoughts and concerns after each and every Raptor game right here on Twitter at Shell Alexander. Also taking your questions on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. Follow me there. Conversation doesn't stop. Conversation's 24-7. So, hey, I'm always down to talk ball with any and everyone because I love basketball and I love Toronto, which means, hey, we're going to talk raps, right? So, as always, tune in. Join us. Hope you enjoyed this edition of the Wrap It Up podcast. And I like to say, to close out each and every week, in the wise words of Philadelphia native, a man named Meek Mill. I did used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps Post Game Show. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya. On blast.